Date number one is for working out if this person is cool and you want to see him again. We're worrying about the outcome. We're worrying about if this is going to lead to another first date. We're worried about if this person's going to like us enough. We're worried about if this is going to be our future partner. People go to me, you know, I'm always going to be single. I'm always going to have to do stuff on your own. Think of the things that you want to do and suggest them as first dates. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, the weekly guide for single millennials looking to embrace their single life and just make sure that they have stuff going on in their lives, solo dates, trips, living alone, a support network and a way of making sure that you don't feel held back by your single life. Now, one of the topics that is going to become more and more common on this podcast is dating. There is a whole backlog in terms of solo life adventures and tips and there will still be episodes on things like that including money management, including living alone and the struggles of that, how to manage all the chores. But ultimately there's a big chunk that comes along when we decide that we are ready to date again and it's something that I've been reading a lot about over the last year and it was in there even before I started to understand attachment styles starting to look at what went wrong in my previous relationships what the patterns were that I displayed that weren't that helpful and then starting to explore that further apply it in practice actually get out there and do some of the what was intentional for me but also counts as research in terms of what it's really like to be out there and relationships and dating is so complex. I'm a PSHE teacher by day in terms of supply as well as all the other situations that I cover. And yes, it's built into the curriculum now. Children, even in primary schools, which I don't have so much knowledge about, but they're being taught about different types of relationships. There's lots of arguments going on about that at the moment, but they get taught, rightfully so in my opinion, about different types of relationships, even at primary school. And then we bring in the sex education towards the end of primary school, but realistically it's down to the secondary schools to get that covered, both scientifically speaking. And then we deal with the elements of consent and what it really means and the consequences of pregnancy in your teens and things like that and we get people to understand the practicalities but there is lots of nuance to relationships and we do cover things like domestic abuse but really who teaches us when to start dating getting through relationships and it is through learning from experience but it's also through podcasts videos and things that can help and as someone that's been in the trenches of that recently I really want to give back all the stuff that I've learned, that I'm learning, the ideas that I've formed, and they've come from really good places where or I too have listened to things. I too have studied things. I've read different elements and I've tried and tested it myself. And having some of that practical experience too and continue to do so is the most important part. Most people message me about dating. They message me saying, what do I do here when this person's kind of saying they don't want a relationship with me, but I do, but I I don't know how to say I I want that, but I don't want to lose them. What do I do? I can tell you what I would do or I have done in my scenario and give you the reasoning why. That's a sort of mentoring position in that way. But today I want to focus on the fact that so many of you are getting back into dating and whether that's because you've had a long break from it or you are just stuck and you're just bored of it. Now I have a program running at the moment called Get Back to Dating where I've been working with a 
fantastic group of women to get back to dating, to set up their profiles in an effective way, to start understanding their patterns, to start breaking down the ideas of relationships and to move through. And whether you're part of that group or you're one of the people that inquired but just couldn't be part of it, I still wanted to provide some information to you that you might find interesting. And first dates are so, so important. Whether you've had a first date a hundred times now because of all the different dates you've been on, or you're building up to your very first date coming back from a breakup or a divorce, any kind of separation, then first dates can be nerve wracking. But I want to help you today to make it memorable and make it fun. Because when I was in the dating pool live, one of the things I tried to stick with was that I was going to have fun. My shift was not that dating was about finding someone, although ultimately that did form part of the reason that I was doing it. I did want to find someone that I could pair with, start growing with, start exploring relationships with. But ultimately, because of the lack of control around that outcome that I had, I couldn't make that happen. There was another person involved in agreeing to that, to saying yes to that experience. I couldn't hold my hopes up for that every single time, and the chances of that are quite low. So I went in with this approach of no matter what happens, I want to go away having had a fun evening. I want to go away having met someone new, done something different, had a good time and not be worried about the follow up. So of course, if it did go well, I would hope that maybe they'd follow up with a text or if I reached out and said about meeting up again, then maybe it would happen. But just focusing on the fact that I wanted to have a fun experience, I wanted to be present, make sure I had a good time. Like this was my social life, part of it. When you're in a couple, dating is not part of your social life. And yes, you could go out on dates as a couple, but there's not the newness of a person that you don't know. It's almost like a little challenge to keep the conversation going. I know that fills some people with dread, but going in with that difference in the approach to dating is the first step to making sure that you have that memorable and fun experience as opposed to sitting there thinking, oh my God, do they like me? Oh my God, how do I sound? Oh my God, what question do I ask next? Because realistically, whilst you might be there in the restaurant, in the cafe, on the walk, whatever it might be, you're giving off this energy of utter, utter panic and worry. So, What I would like to do today is just give you some little tips about how to create that memorable experience, how to have fun and to remember to have fun. So hopefully if you have been talking to this person, you're going to have a sense of a little bit of who they are and you've probably chosen their profile for a certain reason. Maybe it's that you have common interests and the chat over messaging is going well. So first thing to remember is that you're getting on and if they've initiated the day or you have, then it's looking good. So that can help you get the confidence that it's going to be all right because you've got some stuff in common. And as I've mentioned a hundred times before, if you want to give yourself just that little bit of reassurance, then suggest that you have a video call, a 15 minute video call just to check that you're who you say you are. Use it as a safety feature, but also use it as a way of evaluating if this person can hold a conversation, if it's a two-way conversation. And that means that you're not going to waste your time on this date. And that can allow you to get rid of all all of those feelings of worry of who's it going to be? Am I going to like the way they look? Do they look like their picture? Because we know that catfishing is a thing. It's not something to avoid. Interestingly, I've never been fully catfished before. I've been, I think it's called kittenfish, where they appear younger in their photos and then they look 
different. It is them, but they look different to now. And it can be by age, kitten and cat, you know, the idea that they're younger in the pictures than they say they are. But in terms of the actual date itself, the activity really, really matters. Now, if you are someone that does struggle with conversation making and conversation talking of yourself, then putting a really high pressure on going for drinks or a meal is not the best idea for you. Some people might want to challenge themselves to sit there and do that. You could go for, you know, a lesser high stakes option, like going for a coffee because it's shorter. Drinks suggest you're going to be there a couple of hours. A coffee stop suggests you're going to be there for max an hour, but extendable if you want. But if the pressure of talking a lot and maintaining eye contact and being like, where do I look? Are they looking at me? When it's very one-to-one opposite, can feel, or next to even in the terms of, going out for drinks, can feel intimidating to some. So choosing an activity that gives you something to do, can allow you to have fun with that, can change the whole atmosphere of what you are doing. So I'll mention a couple of ideas that I've done here so far, and then some other ones that I've been able to come up with. So first things first, one of my favourite dates full stop. Now this was not a first date, but it might be something you want to do as a first date, depending on if you've spoken about this idea or it's something they've mentioned they've never done, or you've got a reference in your profile, something like that, which you might even, I like used to like putting in my profile, um, my perfect first date is, and then put an activity that was a little bit out there, or put what the activity was, and then dot, dot, when are we going? So you could go down the escape room route if you want. The reason I loved doing the escape room, we were about, I would say we're about six weeks in, in terms of dating when I did the escape room, but an escape room for me is seeing how they work under pressure, which might be too much on a first date, even for yourself. But something to bear in mind for a couple of dates in, if not. But an escape room's just that little bit of fun. So one of the first dates that I had was a little bit inventive, was a date that was put together very, very quickly. I had matched with this person maybe in the morning or in the early afternoon, something like that. And just because we so happened to be on the phone at the same time, which always helps when you're when you're dating and trying to talk to people on apps is, are you online at the same time to actually have a live conversation over messages? Otherwise, it's so back forth, isn't it, with all the gaps? Anyway, we had said, let's go out this evening. Like, let's do this. It was something like a Monday or a Tuesday evening. This was not like a date night particularly so, but it was like that. But because of that spontaneity, we didn't make a specific plan. We knew it wouldn't be particularly busy in town. But I said, I've got an idea. When you get there, we'll work it out. And what I did was chose three different places to go to. One was mini golf, one was a restaurant, and one was a pub. So, you know, there wasn't that much diversity. There's not a lot going on in Chelmsford on a Monday or Tuesday night. But I tried to give that because it just made it a little bit more fun. So when I got there, there were three pieces of card, and they just chose from the three pieces of card. And that's what we did. And it just, it was generic things, but it made it a little bit more exciting. And in that case, it was it's just a bit fun. Just this idea of that it's fun, you're just going to go with it. And and maybe that's more difficult if that's not your character. And if you do like a bit more of a formality, then find the place that you are comfortable with. Maybe you're comfortable talking over a glass of wine in a wine bar. and That's what you want to do. So if they suggest going out and doing something that's not for you, feel free to say, you know what, I would prefer to do this. It's one of my favourites. You know, give it a good reason as to why you want to change the activity they've come up with. Because if a guy has suggested an activity, then fantastic. Like, that's wonderful. I can't say a lot of people that I dated did a lot of the suggesting. 
And that might just be my default because I love organising things, hence doing every single girls club event. You know, I like creating, I like planning. But if they're doing it, then take it, listen to their idea, but maybe negotiate if you want to. And there are so many different ideas that you could do. If you want to keep things casual but fun and maybe a little bit cheap too, you've got options of going to museums and galleries and any free event that you can find if it ties in on the right day. If you like the idea of going to a pub, but you don't just want to sit there and chat because that can feel quite intense, then go on quiz night. Go on a night where you get to see what they know what their interests are. And as a team of two, chances are you're not going to win unless you are super geeky and you know loads about general knowledge, trivia, pop culture, and you're just into all of your everything. Some quizzes are a little bit more pop focused and some quizzes are a bit more knowledge focused. But it's interesting, that creates conversation, right? What more could you ask for in terms of an activity giving you something to talk about? So when it says about football players, with which I would literally look up and be like, have you got any idea? Because I've got no clue on this. The best I know is maybe a couple of the England team. And you look at them and they go, no, me either. You know, they're not a football bod. For me, important. Like, I'd get over it if they were. But it's just a nice little like, oh, great, you're not into football. Wonderful. If they are, they are. But it gives you little things. Oh, if you're not into football, what are you into? Are you into any sport? Might be rowing. Might be rugby instead of thought oh I don't really watch football but I'm well into my rugby you know and it prompts that conversation later on and you get to share stuff about yourself and you're like oh my god I know this one and it gives you the chance to tell stories it gives you a chance to explain how you know these things especially the obscure ones that come up and when you can't with your team name as well that's always fun so to me I've never done it actually and maybe I should do it as an experiment I would have to be open and honest to people that I wasn't dating with intent but just to say look I'm gonna try this out or if you have a go, let me know. Tell me how it went if you go on a quiz date night. I think that would be amazing. Just my kind of ideas. Now, if you want to get a little bit more practical, you could do something fun like a cocktail making class or a cooking class, <laughs> depending on your level of class and if you want to have alcohol involved or not. A cocktail making class is quite fun. Depends if they're into cocktails, right? So some people only drink beer and other people definitely tell you what their favourite cocktail is in their profile, to which you'd be like, What's yours? What's mine? Let's go do a cocktail making class. And how fun would that be? It's cheerful, it's joyous, and it just gives you a little bit of seeing what they're really into. And in that case, there's a little bit of alcohol involved. Or you go and do one of those cool bakery ones, cooking ones. It's a bit like Great British Bake Off in a tent and you get to cook. Again, it's this idea of like teamwork and you get to have these experiences. So people go to me, you know, I'm always going to be single. I'm always going to have to do stuff on your own. Well, think of the things that you want to do. So I've seen that baking tent before and I've still not made my way there, but I've suggested it to a couple of people I dated. Make sure that you ingrain the things that you want to do and experience and suggest them as first dates. And if someone says, no, I'm not really into it. Oh, it's a bit long to go up to London to do that. Then they're not the right person for that. And maybe they're not the right person for you, dependent on the kind of things you want to do. If you want someone that's going to do activities with you, then you're going to want a little bit of a yes guy. And it, it's good if they're setting a boundary and saying, look, I really don't want to do cocktail making because I just don't drink that much. But I would love to do, and they suggest something similar, or I'd love to be able to go on a hike, or I'd love to be able to do this. Then, okay, they're telling you a little bit about what they do enjoy doing. 
and you're finding, okay, so I won't be able to do that kind of thing with this person. And that's what dating's about. You're trying to find out the sense of this person and proposing ideas, giving suggestions allows you to do that. And you think this is just about planning an activity. Oh no, my friend, this is about you getting a social life and also finding out about a person that you're potentially interested in at the same time. Loads and loads of ideas. There's mini golf, there's picnics, there's beer and wine tasting, trampoline park, go-kart. You could do all sorts of things and all those different events that come up, you know, theatre. Theatre to me doesn't really speak the best, same as cinema. Like to me, actually, they're, they're lovely to talk about, but really the bit comes before and after, which is a meal. So I'd avoid those ones if I was going to avoid any of them. But something more loose, like a festival in some way. I'm not talking like a real big festival. I'm talking about a local festival. Maybe it's one that's held at a pub nearby you and you don't have to be drinking, but I'm talking about a bit of live music, a little bit of movement, some stalls, something again that prompts some conversation potentially as the bands change or as the performances change. There's that. So keeping your dating experience as something fun and and chances are with those things, someone's not even going to have had those suggested before because the default is what? Let's go for drinks. Let's go for food. To what point do people suggest many of the other things? Cost is obviously a factor. That's difficult. I would always go in prepared to pay my half and and to split everything down the middle. And if they happen to offer, then wonderful. You can decide to accept or not, depending on how you view that and what it feels like. It means that you're implying. But otherwise, go in assuming that you will have to pay for that. So if you can't afford some of those more expensive ones, then do suggest the walk do suggest the coffee shop, do suggest the museums and the galleries, the free events that are there and exist, and go to things on cheaper days of the week if it means not going out on a Friday or Saturday night. Now, aside from the activity and the practicalities, comes you and the way that you show up for this date. First dates can be nerve-wracking because we're so worried about what's going on internally. But that's because we're worrying about the outcome. We're worrying about if this is going to lead to another first date. We're worried about if this person's going to like us enough. We're worried about if this is going to be our future partner. And instead, you've got to shift to the idea of staying in the now. You have got to realise that this is not about that. This is your first date. Date number one is for working out if this person is cool and you want to see him again. That's it. It isn't about if they're your future husband. It isn't about if they are the one that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. They have agreed to spend X number of hours with you doing an activity. And you need to make it as enjoyable for both of you and them as possible. And that means staying in the moment of now. It doesn't mean worrying about what your hair looks like throughout saying something silly. It means being you and showing up as you and enjoying whatever activity you have decided to do and enjoying getting to talk to somebody new. So what if that date is the only date that you have? You learn something new about someone. You chatted away for a few hours. You didn't have to spend your Thursday, Friday, Saturday night alone. Because you're going out there and having a date. And holding on to the disheartening bit of like, but it doesn't lead anywhere. But are you having fun? It comes back to the same thing. And to be present, it means really listening to a person when they're talking, not listening to respond, but listening to inquire more, to be curious about somebody's life, to make sure that you ask them as many questions as they ask you, and to keep that dynamic going. It's about showing your personality off at the same time as well. You might be more on the quiet side of things, so it might be that talking is is difficult and that's what makes you nervous, but 
Some people enjoy quiet people. Some people enjoy people that talk slower. I know I talk at 100 miles an hour, and that's not because I'm nervous. That's because that's who I am. My mum has regularly commented in my life, like, Sean, slow down. I need you to slow down what you're saying because it's too quick. So that just comes from me at home because I'm excited about something, because I'm into whatever I'm talking about. Sometimes I think about this on this podcast too, and I'm like, oh God, I sometimes get carried away. Imagine putting me on times too. Christ. And I've had that comment from the people I've dated sometimes too, not on dates, more like people, my ex in particular. So definitely people that I'm with. I don't suppose that I'm aware of it more on a date because I'm trying to be more present. I'm trying to be there and not overwhelm someone. And you might be like, but that's not really you. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't hold it. It's a case of uh, not being too much too soon. And even then, it's not all the time. My mum used to say to me daily that I spoke too much. It was just, if I get carried away. And the problem is on dates, as I've just described, they're exciting. That's the way I go in. So it's kind of like, well, hold on. Hold your horses. Yes, this is exciting. Bear in mind, someone's got to listen to you and they might be nervous as well. It's kind of more being aware of how they're going to experience it rather than holding back who I am because they will soon get the very quick talking, Chantal, if not. It's not a bad thing to have these things about you. Other comments I've received, you're quite confident. It doesn't seem like you need someone in your life. I don't need someone in my life, but I would quite want someone. That's what I'm here for. I don't need anyone because I can live on my own. I can survive without you being in my life. If you were looking to be the person that was going to save me and make my life possible, you are wrong. I have built myself up enough to know that I don't need to be in a relationship to have a good life. I'm having a great life anyway. If you happen to enhance my life just that little bit more, then wonderful. Come along for the ride. Let's have fun. If you want to go and do stuff, because I will organise stuff, then I'm your person. If you're someone that just wants to sit every night and watch TV, I'm afraid, my friend, we aren't going to get on. I love a balance of that, but I cannot be doing that every day. That's not for me. It's not my life. And for me, for example, working out what a relationship looks like is part of the process. It wouldn't come up on the first date, but it would be part of it. And it doesn't have to just follow the usual trajectory. And it's about, and that comes with the later dates that you have. But for your first date, you're going in and teasing that personality of yours out and you're trying to pull theirs out as well so that you start to get a sense of who they are. And you're looking to do things, find those common interests, as well as differences of opinions. Some differences of opinions are incompatible. They just don't work. I'm thinking very clearly of politics here. If one is very far left leaning and one is very far right leaning, you're going to find that difficult to have conversations because you're probably both so far in your own lanes that you're not going to listen to each other properly and it's probably not going to go well. And you can establish someone's political views through the chats you have before you go. And it might be like an instant turn off when you realise that there's such a difference between you. There's nothing wrong on a first date with realising that this person isn't going to be for you. That doesn't mean that you can't get off that topic because up until that point, this date was going okay. But now you're like, oh no, like I just, it's too strong an opinion for me to think that we would actually be compatible in any more way. And and you're allowed to and entitled to make that decision on the date, but shift onto another topic to get through the rest of the date and then go from there in terms of writing off. Like just have fun with whatever activity you're doing. And when you're ready, leave you know, 
end naturally. You can always have it set up with the emergency text message to a friend if you need where they call and say that you need to leave. I've never done that. I've never felt I needed to, but some people love to have that. First dates are meant to be fun. I know that there's so much more to first dates, early dates, dating on apps. And that's why I put together the Get Back to Dating program. So we've spoken about the attitudes that we can have towards dating, but this is going to go into the things that you guys are getting wrong and what you can do to make sure you don't do them. So you don't push people away too early so that you can manage this and work through. And also in there, you'll get the chance to offer questions that I'll be able to answer. You'll also be able to post in there and get advice from other people to where all of the dating questions, generally speaking, will go into. And that is where I'll be providing that extra podcast. So if you want that support, if you want to be able to have that guidance to start feeling like you can learn about dating because nobody ever taught us how to date and how to deal with relationships, then you can head to the link in the description to sign up to the waitlist for the Get Back to Dating program, the second cohort that will open up later in the year. That's currently running. It's an eight-week program. The first lot are going through. Maybe you want that more intensive experience of working with me live in a very small group to actually work on these things. The extra how-tos of dating and getting yourself back out there to find someone that can add to your life, someone that you can grow with, to develop with because they're few and far between but they are out there and we want to get you paired up with them if that's what you want in your life next if you've done all the other stuff if you're established as a single girl let me know how your first dates go though let me know if you do one of the ideas I've got I'm really excited for anyone that does a quiz please tell me if you do a quiz because I think that's the most wonderful first date idea I've ever come up with and why I've never done it before I'm so upset about and now that I'm not currently dating I'm like oh when do I get to try that out my boyfriend would be fine. He understands where I'm coming from. I could go and do a quiz with him. I know what he knows about and I know what I know about. So maybe I just need to do a single girls club quiz night. That would be exciting. Hey, watch this space because who knows what might happen next. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating single life together. Mm